The rules of inversion maintain the algorithm entropy by not defying the grandfather paradox in the posterity of closed-loop time travel theory. This is spoilers. That makes sense, right? I mean, that's that's so hard to follow. If you can't get that, then just turn it off. If you can't get that one simple sentence, don't even bother (laughs) watching this movie, basically. That's physics 101, dude. All right, guys. uh, This is a... I don't know, pretty special spoilers. Uh, It's never been this combination of just us before. Oh, wait, no, no. Even on your pod, definitely not. So uh, this is Tenet. I don't think I've said that yet, but my friend Corey and I, we both braved the theater um, in different states. My state's a little better than his, but that's okay. Can't blame blame him for that. Still on that, huh? Oh, no, just kidding. Uh, But... uh, I went to see this movie in Fort Wayne, and I am recording from Fort Wayne, and I'm going to go ahead and kick it to Corey, and he can tell you his name and his theater experience as well. Yes. So this is Corey. Thank you, Brett. Uh, I am recording out of Simi Valley, California, although I made the trip down to San Diego to see this particular movie and to kind of, you know, just have a nice time with the wife. But this was one of the big parts of it. Really, really anticipated this movie, and I'm really glad I got to see it the legit way and not watching some, you know, fucking dude that recorded it on mm-hmm. his phone in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not a way to watch any movie, but especially this movie, right? Yeah, I yeah, I watched it, and then Corey started talking about, I know someone who might have, uh, like, a film. I go, do not watch it like that. I'm begging <laughs> you, do not watch it like that. But, yeah, I also went to the theater with my wife. Um, you know, we... It was really empty. Was your theater empty or? Yeah, there was probably less than 20 people. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think we had probably 20 or 30 and it was just really nice to get out. Like we never went to the theater that much, but you know, we, we love movie theater popcorn and we went with two friends. So it was just a really fun experience. But, um, so, uh, just as a spoiler inside a spoiler, I am a Christopher Nolan, like, you could call me a fanboy, and I'm pretty sure Corey's also quite the fan of Christopher Nolan. I mean, he's my favorite director, at least now, director and definitely writer, so. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no one else like Christopher Nolan, is there? Definitely not. No, I mean, like, people throwing around, like, modern Kubrick and stuff, but, you know, I, I don't want to, like, give him that yet, but, I mean, I think he's incredible, and I think this movie, I don't know, maybe the most ambitious script I've ever seen i mean it's it's pretty insane uh yeah i mean if this movie was on paper and it wasn't written by christopher nolan and it was being passed around i mean whose name do you think would come up to direct this i mean it's it's christopher nolan all the way this is a christopher nolan movie i mean he's very famously done like a lot of movies that have to do with like non-linear time i think in fact i think they're all like that except the dark knight I haven't seen Insomnia. That's the one I haven't seen. Yeah, so I guess... I had, but he also he didn't uh, little he did not write Insomnia. Oh, okay. He just directed it. Yep. So, and I haven't seen the following. Uh, that was his first movie. Have you seen that? I have seen that. I saw it a long time ago, and I believe there's some like nonlinear time stuff there. Okay. So yes. But yeah, he's apparently obsessed with time, and that comes off in this and Interstellar and Memento and all that stuff like that. So. Well, let me ask you this, Brett. Maybe just to get things going. Yep. Did you feel after watching Tenet that you had a really strong grasp of what you just witnessed? Oh, definitely not. No, uh, we went to dinner with the friends we went to, and my friend just kept saying, 
my head hurts from thinking so much. I don't. And then we like we we planned on talking about the movie at the restaurant, and we learned pretty early on that that was not probably going to happen. <laughs> we kind of just we both kind of wanted to dive into it. Now, my wife and I are subtitles watchers, so um, a lot of the dialogue in the movie I, apparently it's a Christopher Nolan thing where the voice track is really low and the sound effects and music are really really high. Throwing Aaron Taylor Johnson speaking in like Cockney and uh, Priya Singh was just kind of hard to understand. Just we missed a lot of stuff. Um, but I've done yeah, a lot a more combination research. Of a lot of things there. I, I mean, I've seen the complaints online about like the mixing, but also the accents were kind of tough. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. Once you get addicted to subtitles, definitely, it's, like... it's really hard. <laughs> I mean, for sure. I I dabbled in subtitles until I met my wife, and then she was. Hardcore subtitles. We watch subtitles and everything. So, for sure, um, I didn't have a problem with the mixing or the music. I just thought the sound was really loud. I mean, I thought the music was awesome. Um, what is oh, it? I did uh, too. Absolutely, Gorenson, Ludwig. Gorenson, yeah, something yeah. like that. I, apparently, it wasn't the normal guy. It wasn't um, what's his name, Hans Zimmer, because yeah, he was working on Dune. Um, yes, and apparently Ludwig Gorenson or whatever was getting ready to start making the music like in the studio and then COVID hit. So he kind of just, he kind of had to like pass music back and forth, which makes it even more impressive in my opinion. He's the guy from Black Panther and stuff like that. If you don't know that, um, he won the Oscar last year yeah. or two years ago. So uh, pretty impressive. And again, I heard people say you could kind of like close your eyes and be like, oh, that's definitely Hans Zimmer. I mean, it's definitely Hans Zimmer-ish. So um, I don't know. He's pretty exciting in the music thing uh let's i guess we could talk about the cast real quick um i love this cast i mean it's the top it's pretty top heavy uh, there's a lot of no-name people because it kind of focuses on i can't imagine if they would have focused on any more people it was already pretty i'm not going to use the word convoluted because i i say it that's kind of a four-letter word but i thought it was but i thought john david washington he plays the protagonist i don't know i've only ever seen him in this and black Klansman, and i thought he was really really good um kind of a natural for the role and he was kind of the perfect yin to uh, Robert Pattinson. So, uh, what do you think of those well, two? I mean, Robert Pattinson just impresses me more and oh, more. Yeah. And it's it it's amazing how like, impressive he is as, as an actor. Like, every time I mm-hmm. see him, I, I just can't believe that's the guy back back in the um, not Lord of the Rings, back in the Harry Potter days, you know? Like, it's, yeah. it's amazing Twilight, to me that I mean, that's the same guy. Really impressive cast. I love Kenneth Branagh. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, uh, someone was talking about, they said he commands, like, he's so heavy in this movie, but, like, it really works. He's, I mean, he commands so much of your attention because he's, I don't know, he's awesome. I'm, his first foray into Nolan and Dunkirk, I thought he was awesome, and I'm really glad he's kind of hopped on board. Um, I have heard a common complaint. Um, and I, I say it has, has merit is this is probably his least emotional movie. Like you, you don't really get any backstory in anybody except for cat and a little bit on, you know, Andre Satter, but without cat, like it's like really no emotion. In this movie, you don't really care about anybody's story. I mean, I do just because of how the movie was set up, but like, it's like, why are you supposed to care for these characters? And they don't really give an answer for that. And I, I've heard he's done that on purpose. You know, I get that. It's a lot more uh, detached than some of his other movies. But 
which yeah. which kind of brings Cat uh, Elizabeth Debicki like she's like the emotional core in the movie and everything kind of flows through her, which I thought was really cool. So I mean, with a, with like someone like Christopher Nolan, everything's a choice, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it is interesting that I was so engaged in a movie that is so detached from its characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a very story driven movie. It's not a character driven movie. You know, in in, in the ways that a lot of Robert Pattinson's other movies are, but it still like held me. And you're right, like the the emotional pulls with Cat because I, I mean it's it's almost kind of like the easy emotional strings. Like she has a kid and she just wants her kid and she wants yeah. to go live a life away from the guy that's controlling her. Um, everything surrounding it though is is really amazing. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe we can talk about that because uh, what is Tenet to you, Brett? Like what? Like, how would you describe Tenet to someone that had never seen a trailer? Oh, okay. So I actually had to describe it to somebody who had never even really heard of it. Um, he's been so out of the loop. Uh, it's just, oh my gosh. It's about time uh, inversion. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, you can't say one thing without saying like 10 things. Um it's kind of like you said earlier, it's about your typical, you have like your typical bad guy, bad person, and then your, I don't want to say damsel in distress because that's such an outdated thing, but you know what I mean? Um, and then everything kind of flows around those two. But then there's like a bunch of other stuff that would, I mean, listen to the spoiler at the beginning of the movie. That's, <laughs> it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of serious. I mean, that's how crazy this movie is. What do you think? I mean, there's a lot going on, but. It's it, in my opinion, and like I guess a this is kind of borrowed from other people and kind of I don't know I congealed it into my own thing, but it's it's like a it's like a spy movie, right? Yeah. It's like a secret agent movie. He loves Bond. Yeah, oh, Christopher Nolan. Yep. So it's like a it's it's like a James Bond esque movie with this big twist added onto it. I don't know if twist or gimmick is the right term, but Ugh, I hate that word. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a little bit of a pejorative, but I, I don't really mean it that way. But this movie does something that no movie I've ever seen does. And that's where they have this thing introduced called inversion. Mm-hmm. I'll try to explain that as best I can, but yep. they introduce inversion, which basically means shit can go backwards. How's that for a, a one-sentence explanation, Brett? <laughs> yep. That's good. I mean, I have some on here if you need to lean on those. <laughs> so... in yeah, they have this ability to either have a person or people or objects be inverted where they they flow against the natural flow of time. Right. So if I see if I witness something or someone that's inverted, they appear to go backwards. And and that that's all in the trailer so far, right? Like you, yeah. they show backwards events, like a backwards car crash was the big trailer moment. So they showed a couple little things like the bullet one of the earlier trailers you see uh, he's John David Washington's talking to Clemence Posey and the kind of bullet goes into her hand. And she says something like, don't think it, feel it. And you have to imagine yourself dropping it. If you want to pick it up, if you want to pick up an inverted bullet, you have to imagine yourself dropping it. So um, again, that's, if you haven't seen the movie, that might not make a lot of sense, but uh, you get a really base exposition dump at the beginning with Clemence Posey and, that kind of carries you the next hour, and then they start talking a little more, though. So, 
I mean, yeah, if you if you can understand the concept of inversion, that's definitely the biggest idea theme in this movie. So um, that'd be the right. first thing I'd talk to someone about is inversion. The exposition dumps in this movie kind of break things down and, you know, you only have to follow enough as, like, the, the character does when it's introduced to him. Mm-hmm. At some point, they even say to him, like, don't try to fully understand it. Like, this is kind of the way it works. And he's like, all right. <laughs> For sure. I, yeah, I think she says, yeah, don't think it, feel it. Um, now, he's – apparently, he's also known for that um, walking around, you know, beautiful landscapes sometimes. And you're talking – they're doing exposition dumps. Uh, Inception did a lot of that. They were walking through a city, you know, and talking about Inception. So – that's kind of his thing, and I think it comes off naturally. No, yeah, definitely. In the topic of inversion, like there's some really big moments of this movie, which we can we can touch on some of them, or like which ones you really like. Right. But, um, first of all, I just got to say that like the effects in this movie are fucking amazing, like amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, top tier, best I've ever seen. Maybe. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I'm kind of bummed that they showed it in the trailer, but I think my favorite camo shot thing ever was at the end when the building puts itself together and then the other part of it blows up. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like the coolest shot. And I, again, I wish they wouldn't have shown it, even though when I saw it in the theater, it's not like I thought, oh man, I saw that in the trailer. I just was like, holy crap, what was that? I mean, uh, and the first time he... F- I'm not going to say yet what he does, but he fights somebody and it's obvious that he's fighting in real time, but also in reversed inverted time. I mean, it's crazy. Like, can you describe it? The protagonist? Yeah. So that's probably my favorite moment of the whole movie and it has a really good payoff. I was, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a big like hand to hand fight scene with our lead character who's just called the protagonist, doesn't have a name. Yep. I like to joke that when someone doesn't have a name, they just call him Chief. So they're just like, hey, Chief, hey, guy, come here. But there you go. He has a hand to hand fight scene with like a, a masked individual who's inverted. So he's moving backwards in riot gear. So to see someone in moving forward, linear time like us, fighting someone who's moving backwards is incredible in and of itself. And it looks as cool as it sounds. I mean, it's insane. I guess the closest Nolan comparison was like that big hallway fight scene in Inception, which at the time I saw it, I was like, that's the coolest fight scene I've ever seen. And now this has surpassed it. I I agree. The special effects comment I made, usually when you think special effects in a movie, people automatically think CGI, like, oh, how good, how real does the CGI look? This movie takes special effects and it just like, it takes it to a whole new level. And I don't just mean like the CGI is better. Like they do something else and it's really refreshing to see something else other than the, yeah. the shit that we keep seeing like in your every other movie in your Fast and Furious movies or your Jurassic Park movies you know and don't get us wrong we like those movies sure but yeah it's it's nice I mean how much especially in the last 10 years how much recycled garbage have we seen come out of theaters I mean whether and I don't really okay garbage obviously is a, like you said a pejorative but you know there's a reason why we get uh, reboots and remakes is because I feel like people are lazy or running out of ideas and to see something like this I mean not only is it uh, it's, it's like the highest grossing I don't know but it's an original 
story. Like he didn't get any source material from anywhere, and it's insane to me. I think it took him years to write this. Um, yeah. And just the fact that it's original and he's got an original idea and the way he shot it. When you see it, hopefully, if you guys are listening, you've already seen it. Because I feel like if you're going to listen to this and not see it, you're going to miss a lot of cool payoffs. And I know uh, a friend I went with said he thought there were less payoffs than some other Nolan movies, but I thought the payoffs were all really good. Like, uh, hopefully, you bring up the hallway fight scene later. If, if we do that, if we go that far, if not, then you'll just have to see it. But it's just refreshing, in my opinion, to see something that's new and just so dynamic. Yeah, not to deviate too far, but it. it... The industry itself, I have a feeling, is, like, part of the problem, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I don't know if they're allowing people to make this kind of movie unless it's an IP that they know is just going to make money. Like, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Star Wars, okay, greenlight it, you know, fucking yep. $100 million. But yeah, something like this, I mean, Christopher Nolan has, has worked for a long time to get to the point where he can make Tenet. And, uh, and it's amazing. But to circle back to that hallway fight... Later on in the movie, we do get to see it from the other vantage point. Oh, man. And uh, there's some maybe some rule breaking, which we can touch on, but it's uh, it's the protagonist that is fighting himself, as we later find out, because we see from his vantage point, he's the guy in the riot gear. He's inverted. And then it shows... <laughs> I don't even know how the fuck they did this, but it shows him fighting his other self, and you can kind of see it from his point of view, so the other guy looks backwards. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's... It, it's mind-boggling, and it's amazing. There was a point in this movie, Brett, and it was at the very beginning. There's a big action scene at the beginning, like a terrorist takeover of an opera or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. I started laughing out loud. Like, there wasn't anything funny happening, but, like, I was so happy to be seeing this. And, and like, it, it sucked me in so quickly that I just started laughing. Like, I was just feeling joy, man. It was It was great. Yeah, like, right away, you don't know what's going on, but you see, like, a bullet that's floating backwards and I mean it's just like oh this is gonna be awesome uh I think the only time I've ever laughed at a movie like that that wasn't a comedy was like at the beginning of uh The Revenant where I was with a a woman who didn't want to see the movie and after five minutes like there's arrows going in people's faces and I just started laughing I'm like she's gonna have to sit through two and a half more hours of this movie and she hated it and I just started laughing out loud during all this death because I knew how miserable she was but okay go ahead oh you're a sick man (laughs) just even like this a scene in a trailer where they're showing like the propeller of a boat that looks natural but if you look at it it, like the waves are like inverting and then reinverting. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and there's there was a moment with the ship. It's probably the same one, but I thought it was just going forward, and we were just like holding on this like establishing shot of a ship, but it wasn't going forward. It was going no. backward, which yeah is like oh, okay. What are we seeing? Like who's in this? Yeah, what are you like- seeing? Because it's like at the very beginning, yeah, and we don't know what we've seen yet. So yeah, for sure. There's a lot of, like, threads in this movie, and I guess that is has, has a double meaning, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, well, the, yeah, the red thread, yeah. There's a lot of threads that connect things from the beginning to the end. And um, I guess the big moment is with Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you want to take the reins on that one? Uh, oh, okay. Um, you talking about with the red string on his bag and all that stuff or and then yeah yeah because to, to me it, it plays like there's um i don't know this is just wishful thinking i guess sequel potential 
Oh, well, yeah. I mean, because even at the end, even there's at least two other uh, Robert Pattinson's around somewhere. But you'll know what I mean more if you watch the movie. But yeah, so um, early on in the movie, very, very beginning of the movie, our protagonist is saved by someone. You don't know who he is. He's got this red string in his bag. And uh, later on, you meet Robert Pattinson, who seems to know early on, he knows... Uh, the protagonist's favorite drink, um, which you shouldn't really know. And then throughout the movie, he seems to know more than he should, even to the point where one time uh, the protagonist thinks that he's a mole working for uh, Seder or something. Yeah, and like he, I was starting to lean that way too. Me too, and I was devastated. <laughs> because he's so cool, and they're starting to get cooler and cooler, cooler with each other. Well, as you go on... Uh, I, I don't even know how much we're going to touch on the end because it was so it's such a chaotic last 30 minutes of the movie but um, it all ties back to the end he gets saved again um, by someone we see someone on the ground who's been killed and he's got a red string in his bag now I'm not going to lie did you notice the red string the first time at the beginning I didn't but I mean Me neither. In, in, in good filmmaking style they, they you know they let us know visually this, that, For that sure. is significant and it it, your mind fills in the gap, I think, right? You're yeah. like, oh, it must uh, have been that. That's the that's the loose end. That's really uh, Pappy likes to talk about uh, trusting your audience. This puts a lot of trust in the audience because, again, you have to really think about it. And like Corey said, you got to fill in the gaps. But uh, you find out that the person that was there ends up being Neil, who's Robert Pattinson's character, and he actually does some weird inversion to save them and then um, you find out the ver- should be like going to the big spoiler at the end or because that kind of feeds into the Robert Pattinson thing yeah I think we should at I this mean, point if you're still listening it, this up? is a big spoiler uh, if you don't want to hear probably in my opinion the biggest spoiler then fast forward over the next minute or just stop listening and come back after you've watched it alright we're, we're good okay so uh, at the end you find out the protagonist was the creator of Tenet. He's the creator of everything. The future protagonist. Um, he hired Robert Pattinson in the future, sent him back in the past. I mean, it's kind of like he's the one that everything you see happening in Tenet and all the other stuff was done by the pra- protagonist in the future. Um, sent back in the past to stop. Gosh, we haven't even talked about what the whole like MacGuffin in this whole movie is, but <laughs> Once I get done with that, you go yeah. ahead and talk about. Oh, I'm getting a death look from my wife. What? what? Oh, 24 minutes. She said it I'm taking too long. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I got about I got about six minutes to finish this pot. I told her 30 minutes. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, that's basically the big twist at the end. You find out that he's moving all the levers and switches and stuff like that. Um, in the future, but yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit, but essentially, this whole movie is to I guess stop this big doomsday mm-hmm. device from our villain here and and the way they, they pull it off at the end is, is I mean it's just remarkable like they explain it but I didn't really understand what was happening until it started right. unfolding and I'm, I'm referring to the red team, oh my team big scene at the end which is a, another uh, Another thing on the list of like most incredible things I've seen in a movie. Yeah, and super original. 
where they have like the one set of guys, one set of like soldiers moving in regular time, and then the other set moving in inverted time. But they did it first to tell the guys moving in regular time what they were going to expect to see. Yeah. But when they saw it, they saw everything occur at the same time. I mean, I know it's kind of a mind fuck, but that that's just the nature of this movie. But uh, in execution, it is a, a truly a sight to Yeah, be and I saw someone say it like, yeah, there is a lot going on, and you sometimes don't know what's going on, but at the same time, it's not super important what's going on because you have two characters that split away from everything. The whole point is for them to split away while the other people take care of this army they're fighting. So, you know, it is, you know, a cluster, but it works in my opinion. And if you can see it in the big, on the big screen, I mean, I understand if you don't want to, uh, it's pretty scary out there, but if you can, it's worth a shot. Theaters are pretty, uh, not packed. So yeah. Um, I guess we don't really have to get into doomsday advice, uh, device. So it's just, your typical end of the world. Exactly. Remember when we did that the podcast on The Rock? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, I don't need this shit. I understand Christopher Nolan. Yeah, movies. you were wrong. Well, I just, <laughs> just want to say for the record, I said that a few weeks before Tenet yep. came out. <laughs> he Well, you need to invert time and go back and stop yourself from saying that. <laughs> Where does this rank in Christopher Nolan movies for you? I don't know. Yeah, I, I got asked that immediately after the movie. I was like, I don't know. Um... I have to see it again. I'm a big... Uh, what's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? Shit, man. Well, um, my favorites of things change all the time. But right now, it's this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm a humongous fan of The Prestige. Uh, I'm not going to say that's like his best movie or anything like that. And um, I've been really into Interstellar the, the last year or two after rewatching it. But yeah, this is incredible. I want to see it again. Like Brittany and I talked about, we really want to see the subtitles and fill in some of the gaps that we missed. But uh, the problem is I've only seen Dunkirk once. I've seen this once. I've seen Inception once. Um, I just need to see them all. I've I've seen The Prestige 12 times. It's just, I don't know. The Dark Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight. I mean, the Batman trilogy is awesome. I mean, I just, I really, really like him. And... Yeah, it's hard to say that. Th- I mean, this is the one I've, I'm thinking about. Like, I've been thinking about it for a week since I saw it, or however long it's been. But yeah, it's cool. That, that's cool that that's your favorite right now. Um, I'll have to get another viewing. But I mean, it's, it's it blew me away. I've it definitely blew me away more than any of the other ones I've seen of his. So except for the Prestige, that was like was mind numbing to me because that was kind of before all of his twists, more of his twists. But um, is there anything else you want to touch on that we can get to some? Uh, foregone conclusions of yeses and nos. <laughs> Let's get into yes or no. All right, go ahead. All right, this one's an obvious yes. I think, like I said, it's probably the best Christopher Nolan movie that I've seen in terms of my current mindset. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has to do with me not being in theaters for mm-hmm. several months, because as you probably know, Brad, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a big-time theater-goer. Uh, I don't know. I needed this. I got this. I loved this. Was it hard to understand? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I get everything that went on? Probably not. Actually, definitely not. Uh, I, it, it's worth a rewatch or two. But I, I enjoyed it start to finish. It didn't feel the runtime. Really good. Awesome movie. Hard yes. 
Yes. You enjoyed it start to finish, but did you enjoy it finish to start? Like it was designed? <laughs> you, well, you have to watch it backwards oh, to yeah. really understand all the nuances. For sure. Uh, this is a definite yes for me. I Now, I throw around five-star ratings a lot more than usual, but this is five-star to me. If you read my review, it's just, I loved everything about it. Um, I loved the last 15 minutes of the movie. I joked that that's like a 10 star for me. The, the Robert Pattinson, you find out that they're, they're boys in the future and that he sacrificed. It's just so good. Like, I, I, love I, that. I was going to say <laughs> earlier that there, there is no, the only emotional core is cat as cat, but at the very end, you get a, a big emotional dump with those two. Like, it's super sad, but it's, it's hard to be sad when Robert Pattinson smiling like that, saying about how many, crazy times that together they have a future i mean it's it's at least uplifting and a sad part of the movie so yeah it's amazing yeah. um definite yes i can't wait to see it again uh if you feel up to it guys go see it um if you can if not pl- promise me you're gonna watch it on minimum a 1080p tv with a good sound bar i mean you have to <laughs> If you're going to watch it on a laptop, get out of my face. I'm still mad that Pappy, the only time he's ever seen Interstellar was on a laptop. And he didn't like it. Like, yeah, dude, it's not meant to be seen on a laptop. All right, so uh, I'm up to 31 minutes. I'm in big trouble. But uh, Mm -hmm. I thought, I mean, talking about a movie like this in 31 minutes, I mean, we're probably the best podcast hosts ever. Maybe? (laughs) Well, we we scratched the surface, and I think that's maybe enough yeah, to for get sure. people to go see it. Maybe I would love to. We've never done this, but maybe in like a year, when everyone's seen it, like revisiting it and doing like a special, a, like a proper episode, a proper yes. episode. Maybe even split it into two. Because, I mean, it's, I just think it'd be really fun. And if anyone dislikes it on the pod, I mean, they're dead to me. So pick it, Brett. You and trivia more than anyone else. Yeah, me and Stevie for sure. Yeah, we'll have to wait till everyone sees it. But, uh, well, this has been uh, Tenet Spoilers. Uh, I had a good time. I hope you liked this episode. And uh, I guess we can kick it to Spoiler Man real quick. Uh, take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song.
everybody, it's Pappy. I know I wasn't on the episode, but I'm coming to you live from the future to read an email about Tenet that we got after Brett and Kylo had, had finished recording the podcast. This is from Brandon C. Hey, guys. Love the show. It's helped me get through COVID. I know theaters are rough, but is there any ways to spoil Tenet? I live in California and flew out to Dallas to watch the movie, then flew back the next day. The next weekend, I drove to Nevada and back to watch it again. If it's possible, that would be incredible. Thank you, Brandon C. Brandon C., we just wanted to read your email because it was nice and your dedication is incredible. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please keep sending us your emails and movie requests. We really appreciate them. We're growing like crazy during this pandemic, which is a weird thing to say. But thanks for everybody who supported us. And that was spoilers. That was spoilers.